Hey, welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons, and we're so glad to have you with us today here in the House of Faith. Today on the broadcast, I'm gonna take you back into family night where Sarah and I spent some time with some of our friends, our partners and family right here in this room, some time in the Word of God, but time spent specifically talking about what to do when you're in the intersection. And what is an intersection? It's just a place in the road where two paths cross and you have a decision to make. And the good news is there is wisdom at the intersection. We're gonna find out today on this broadcast how to hear the voice of wisdom when you're standing there and a decision needs to be made. I know you need to hear this, I need to hear this. So let's go right now to family night. It's this constant awareness and this constant acknowledging of Him. Think about it like this. If we go back to what the scripture said about where wisdom is at the intersection, bad things happen to people at intersections who don't know they're at intersections. Just naturally speaking, what happens when somebody's not paying attention? Somebody's moving too fast and they arrive at an intersection totally unaware that they're even at an intersection? Bad things happen. People get hurt. I mean, I know I nearly lost some very good friends of mine one year. They were uh, headed out to mom and dad's church. And those of you who are familiar with KCM and the church out there, there's a very notorious intersection not far, uh, not too far away from the ministry. And it used to be like five stop signs. It wasn't just North and South, East and West, there was like this other one and this other one. I think they call it five points. And it just was a bad spot. And I nearly lost some very good friends of mine because some guy came flying through an intersection and had no idea he was even coming to one. Now it's lights and flashing lights and all that. But what happens when people are totally unaware that they're at an opportunity to make a turn, to make a change? And we won't get into all this, but that's what the, those weeks of broadcast that I recorded were all about, how and why people end up missing their turn. If you keep reading in, uh, here in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 22, what wisdom is saying is, how long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? For scorners delight in their scorning and fools hate knowledge. But she says in verse 23, turn at my rebuke. Turn. What is repentance? She's in, in verse 23 um, in the Amplified, it says, turn at my rebuke and repent. It means to change. Change your direction. Change where you're headed. That's what happens at an intersection. I know that we all arrive at these different places every single day and we must acknowledge the Lord. And Do I go this direction? Do I go that direction? But I'm telling you, there are other intersections that we come at and come to where major life direction is dependent upon our ability to heed the voice of wisdom. There have been times in our lives where I don't know that I would have said it in these words, but we arrived at an intersection and there was a change that took place, a change in our thinking, a change in our, how we mentally approached certain things or just a change in our heart and our affection. There have been times in our lives when we've arrived at an intersection and heeded the voice of wisdom and it changed where we were geographically, physically. Change occurs at these intersections. But one of the big reasons people 
miss it is because they're simple. This word simple is interesting. When you look it up, one of the words it means is gullible, uh, easily fooled, easily seduced. One translation of that word is open-minded. Now that sounds funny, doesn't it? Because that sounds like a good thing. You just need to be open-minded. Man, we are living in a culture right now that is preaching hard and heavy open-mindedness as long as it's you being open to me. (laughs) But is this not the message that we are inundated with right now? You got to be open-minded. You got to be open. When the the new covenant is really a Mm single-minded way of living. It's a single-minded and it's a wholehearted way of living. Yeah. And so it can actually be... uh, you could actually end up making the wrong turn at the intersection. Why? Because you were too open to some other voice. It's what Abraham did not consider. Mm-hmm. He considered only one thing. Right. And that's how he received the promise. That's right. Yeah. So go back again to what the Amplified said about that intersection. It's a noisy one. It's a noisy intersection, which lets me and you know that wisdom is not the only voice standing there. Wisdom's not the only one crying out. Now, there are some places, some towns you can go through where it is like a one light town. And maybe you've driven through some before and you sort of blink and it's like, was that it? Is that, are we done? Are we out? Yeah. But there are other places, big cities with major intersections. And that real estate is expensive. Why? Because that's where everybody is and that's where everybody wants to be. So businesses buy up there and you got restaurants and you've got retail and you've got corporations and they all want to be around these major intersections. Why? Because we can get people coming from this way. We can get people coming from that way. We can get them coming from this direction. And that's one of the things that raises the price of the real estate. And they'll even put it in the the, the marketing of it. You got 50,000 cars driving right here a day. It's noisy. It's noisy. And when you step up to some of these major intersections in life, and I'm talking about big change, direction-altering change, one of the skills that you and I must develop in is the tuning out of every other voice but the voice of wisdom. And it's a skill. It has to be developed. It's got to be grown in. But that's why one of the other main themes of the book of Proverbs is a father to a son going, hey, listen to my words, right? Proverbs chapter four, my son, give attention to my words. See, we've always read that, put the emphasis on give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings, their life to those who find them health to all their flesh. That's good and it's right. His words are life. They are health. But listen to it with the emphasis here. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. See, when I say it like that, when I hear it like that, I hear a father saying, hey, boy, listen, right here. Quit paying attention to that. Listen to this. Because every other voice that's vying for your time, your affection, and your attention lacks the ability to bring you life and health. Mm -hmm. There's not one other voice and not one other word in this world that can minister the life that you need and the health that you need. You know, a lot of people are probably listening to you thinking, well, why, why, I need healing. 
talk to me about healing. No, you need wisdom. You need wisdom. Oh, I need, I need this job or I need, uh, I've got to find a job or I've got to do this, I've got to do this and panicked and, and wondering the answer to their question and they're looking for it and all they could do is just sit down and ask for wisdom and he would give them the answer. You don't always need what you think you need. Most of the time you need wisdom. And I don't know how many times in my life, I would say that my greatest request from the Lord of anything that I asked for talking to him on a daily basis would be wisdom, would be wisdom. I mean, I even use this every day, practically on practical things every day, like deciding on a song list for here. I don't just go pick songs that are good, popular contemporary songs. I mean, there are great songs out there, but I have to go and find out from wisdom himself, what do I do? Give me, and I ask him, Lord, based out of James chapter one, I believe, I ask you for the wisdom for tonight. I ask you for the wisdom and the words for this service. What, what is the wisdom for, what do we need to hear right now? And then I say, I, you know, Lord, I believe I receive that wisdom according to your word in James chapter one. If you need wisdom, ask and do not waver and doubt in your heart. You know what? We should probably read that. I think that's good. Um, James chapter one, verse five. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But <laughs> let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in his ways. One thing that I have realized about wisdom, and I think this is how it is in any relationship, someone oftentimes will not come and tell you something or give you the answer to the question that you have unless you ask them the questions. I mean, there are so many times, and this is just how God is. He is relational. He wants to talk with you. He wants this thing to be real where if you need something from him, you come to him and you talk to him like he is an actual person. You don't just, just expect or think that you're going to have it or think it, or know it, you ask. The Bible tells us that we have not because we ask not. And there's been so many times where I've just been thinking and expecting to know something, but then I remember, wait, I haven't even asked him to tell me the answer. And the moment that I stop and ask him for the wisdom, I start to get clarity and start to know what to do. And I've just noticed that with him. He doesn't tell you all the time unless you ask him. He is a, an amazing, well, gentleman, we know that, but just a relational person. And he wants to talk with you and he wants to know that you want to know that you are really asking him. And I know it seems simple, but what if we would just ask? And even at that, ask big and not just assume that one day where it's going to work out or we're going to see it or know it, but actually ask him like he's a real person. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, it seems simple, but 
I think that so many times we don't know what to do because we haven't asked. Yeah. And just assumed that if he wanted us to know, he'd just drop it on us. But he said, go get it. Go get the wisdom. There's faith involved in that. He said, go get it. It's fa- it takes faith to believe there's wisdom available to me. I can be filled with the knowledge of his will. I can possess the, the wisdom that it takes to walk worthy of this calling. I can have spiritual understanding. I can know what he wants done. I can know how he wants it done. And I can even know why. Yeah. Amen? Amen. And the amazing thing that we have as new covenant born again people is the fact that we have a spirit that is born again, that looks just like Jesus himself. And who is Jesus? He's been made into his wisdom. That means that our spirit man, you already have all the wisdom that you need for every situation on the inside of you. So it's nowhere out here roaming around, searching. It's inside, right in here, right on the inside of our spirit. And that's why when you pray that we'd be filled with the knowledge of his will, it's that what's already in us would fill us up to overflowing and we would know and see, be filled with the knowledge of his will. It's already in there. We just need it to just flow, fill us up all the way to the top where it hits every part of our being and we know what to do. My papa used to say, the wisdom of the ages is only 18 inches from your head. <laughs> it's all right here. It's just drawing it up. Yeah. And really that's the entire life of a believer is drawing up by faith out of that deposit of grace that's been made on the inside of us. It's drawing it up out of there. And when uh, Sarah read that from the book of James, he said, you have to ask in faith. If you're not, you're a double-minded man. That, that double-minded is duo. That means you've got two things on your mind. You've been op- you're open to one too many ideas, too open-minded. Now, when it comes to being open-minded, be open from like here <laughs> all the way to here. Be wide open to that, but guard over what all you open yourself to. And it, I, I, I've had to, even with just watching things, that just entertainment, It's all got an agenda. It's all trying to talk you into something. Guard against that. That's why the scripture said, guard your heart for out of it spring the issues of life. Go back to the book of Proverbs with me and I think we'll begin to wrap it up right here tonight. Back to chapter one. Verse 23, turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you and I'll make my words known to you. This is what Sarah was just talking to us about. A few days ago, a few weeks ago, I guess, um, she and I were in the car together and it was quiet. We're on a long drive home. I think she was resting. I was just praying over uh, writing the partner letter that we send out to all our partners. And it was the first one of the year and um, just seeking the Lord. Lord, what do you want to say? A lot of times those letters come out of what I've been, he's had me ministering on or they come from different direction, but this was a unique one. Uh, Seeking the Lord about what to say to them, how to strengthen and encourage our partners, what he would say to us. And I got two words. 
He said it just like this, course correction, course correction. And I meditated that all the way home, got in bed that night. And I said, Lord, I need to see that from your word. And this is where he brought me right here, Proverbs chapter one. He says, I'm crying out to you at the intersection. In other words, there's a change, there's a turn to be made. And I'm speaking to you in this place, course correction. You know, when you, when you take off out of a place because there's somewhere else you want to be, the takeoff is an essential part of the process. <laughs> you realize that, right? To get from this city to that one, takeoff is key. It's very important. But almost just as important as takeoff is course corrections. Because if you don't make corrections to the course along the way, even though you wanted to be in this place, even though you needed to be in this place, even though you knew that's the place you wanted to be in, if you fail to make course corrections, you're going to end up in some other place entirely frustrated. Why didn't I get where I wanted to go? I took off. I pointed in the general direction, you know, but it requires course corrections. Now that word itself is actually pretty encouraging if you think about it. Because whom the Lord loves, he does what? He corrects. Now I know correction isn't always fun and it's not always joyous, but at the heart of it is a revelation. My father loves me. If he didn't love me, he wouldn't correct me. If he didn't love me, he wouldn't care where I went or what shape I was in when I got there or if I ever made it, but he loves me. So because he loves me, he corrects me. And the fact that he said course correction is also good news because you can't make course corrections unless you're already on your way. Course corrections are corrections that are made while in progress, while in motion in a direction. You can't make a course correction if you haven't started yet. So the good news to me and to us, our family, this ministry, and all of those of you who are a part of it, the good news is, hey, we're headed. We're headed there. We're moving. And he gave us some direction at the beginning of this year. The building project was part of that. It's time to buy up. It's time to build out. But as the years, or as the, the months have gone on and we stay open to the Lord, all of a sudden we look up and I'm telling you guys, and I hope our staff is listening to this, and everybody else is hearing it too, we are standing at perhaps, I don't know, maybe the biggest intersection we've ever stood at. And there are things that Sarah and I have been praying about for years. You think you've waited at some long red lights? <laughs> I'm telling you, there are intersections that perhaps you feel like you have been sitting at for years, just praying over this thing and praying over this thing and praying over this thing. And um, I have it, I have a sense of my spirit, we're there and wisdom's crying out. And there's a shift, there's a turn, there's a change. And I don't know enough about it at this moment to say fully what it is. But the reason I'm speaking to you about it now is because I have a sense in my heart without any kind of gift of the Spirit in operation, many of you are standing at the same place. Mm -hmm. There are decisions to be made. There are choices that you're about to make that will take your heart, your mind, maybe even your physical body to another place, be it a different geographical location, be it a different focus with your finances, a different focus with your time, your effort, your energy. But I'm, 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 if you will, 
beseeching you, therefore, brothers, brothers, be, be mindful, be aware you're in the intersection. Don't just blow past this intersection and then wonder, how did we get here? Where are we? Jesus was the master of this. There were times in his ministry where people put so much pressure on him. I'm thinking of the day he was just teaching in the synagogue like he would do. And out of nowhere, these religious leaders came and they interrupted the whole thing and threw down in the middle of the people a woman they say they had caught in the act of adultery. So I don't know how well she's clothed or if she is at all. This whole thing's about shame. It's all about persecution and embarrassment to shame her and using her to shame him. They throw her down and say, Moses in his law commanded us to stone such a one. What do you say? And the Bible said this, they said, testing him, pressing him, that they might have something with which to accuse him. This is pressure. And it's not really a, a simple answer. Because if he says, stone her, then all of a sudden in the eyes of the people, he's no different than these hard-hearted religious leaders who have oppressed them with a law they couldn't uphold. But if he says, don't stone her, then he's broken the very law that he came to fulfill. And this whole thing's off if he does that. What do you do? And this is the kind of position that Satan loves to put people in. Pressure, pressure, pressure. You got two bad choices. Pick yeah. now. That's what pressure is. But I love Jesus. Don't you love him? Yes. You remember what he did? He knelt down and began to write on the ground. And I love, this is what the scripture says about it. John chapter eight, as though he did not hear them. That's so genius. Did you know you can do that? You have Jesus permission to act like you don't even hear them. <laughs> to act like you don't even hear the pressure. Let me ask you something. What's he down there doing? Hmm? Is that a red light? An intersection, if you will. And if I don't say anything without hearing my father say it, and I don't do anything without seeing my father do it, then we're just going to wait right here till I hear him say something and see him do something. Yeah. And the Bible said they continued to ask him. So they didn't give him quiet time here. They said, what do we do? What are you going to 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 do? Until finally a word of wisdom. He was checking inside. Listening on the inside. Mm -hmm. And don't you know when he got it, just that smile just crept across his face and he stood up with option C <laughs> and nobody even knew there was one. And he said, he who's among you without sin, let him throw the first stone. And they dropped the rocks they had in their hand. They walked away. And he said, where are those who accuse you? And she said, they're gone. He said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Waiting on the wisdom of God. Waiting on the word from God. While you and I are here in this intersection. And if this doesn't apply to you, then... Thanks for coming. There's cookies and hot chocolate. <laughs> but it, if this is for you, and I believe for most, if not every one of us, it's for you, then it is worth the wait. Don't get in a hurry. 
Don't be pressured to move. Don't let some other voice or some other noisy word pull you and make you take a bad turn, a wrong turn, because you got bad directions. Wait. Wait for the word. Wait for the wisdom. It's worth it. Another lesson you can learn from Jesus in this passage is while you're waiting, to oftentimes it's time to be quiet and not to talk. Not to talk to everybody else about it. Not to ask everyone's opinion about it. Not to even just say what you're thinking or feeling or any of that. It's Sometimes it's just time to get quiet for a while. Yeah. And then wait until you know. And wisdom... <laughs> He always speaks. Always. It says in James chapter 1 that he gives it to us liberally. So he's giving it. It's like being gifted. But why don't we hear it all the time? And I think that one of the keys to what you're saying is always being awake and alive unto God. Like being aware, being awake. Being, being mindful. And there's something that we talked about earlier that we didn't get into that you said to me earlier and it really ministered to me, but you talked about how, and I don't know how you said it, but the way I got it was that wisdom is always talking to you about the kingdom. I think we'll get into that. I sought the Lord about that today. And I feel like that, that we needed to say some of these things tonight, but that's the truth. Wisdom is always talking to you and the direction. That's how you recognize the voice. He's taking from Jesus what Jesus says. And Jesus said, wherever you go and whatever you do for my sake in the gospels, there's a hundredfold return for it. That's how you recognize you're hearing the voice of the wisdom of God. Which turn here do I take? Well, which way is for his sake in the gospels? Mm -hmm. So can you receive that course correction word? Mm -hmm. Is it possible that there could be some correction to the course you're on? Is it possible? Sure. Yeah. I'm challenging you. I'm begging you. Go before the Lord and be open to it. Be open to that correction. And then if it's a, if it's a minor one, make a minor adjustment. That's great. Go on. But if it's a hard right, take it. You want to take course correction. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.